0: Thank you for joining in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Uh, It's me, your host, Josh. And, you know, I was thinking the other day about this podcast and uh, I was thinking about how I introduce my guests and like uh, begin my episodes. And so I went back and listened to some of my older episodes and I noticed that a lot of times I'll say this guest is someone who's very special to me, or uh, this guest is someone I'm really excited to talk to. I say things like that a lot. And, you know, I was thinking about that, and I was wondering, am I just saying that to fill up time or just to get words out there? And I realized that I really am such a lucky guy because I really have felt that way about all of my guests. And this week's guest is no different. Um, This is someone who became a part of my life when I was very young and someone who I look up to I admire Uh, I see her as uh, an amazing role model for um, she was a role model for me growing up and uh, I've been looking forward to having her here in the studio with me um, and thankful that she agreed to come on the show so for this week I'd like to welcome my aunt Miss Pele Godkin auntie thank you so much for being here
1: Thank you for having me, Josh. It's an honor. I'm, I'm excited to be here today.
0: I'm so excited to have you. Um, I wanted for our listeners, some of them may know who you are, uh, many of them may not, so I just wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself uh, to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself.
1: My name is Pele Godkin. Uh, I uh, am a mother to uh, Izzy Godkin. I have an 11-year-old um, daughter. I moved to Tennessee in 2003 because of your parents, <laughs> your mom and dad, and I lived with you guys. A lot of people may not know that I actually lived with you guys yeah. before I actually um, bought a house, and so your parents were really the the reason why I ended up and how I ended up in Tennessee, and so I'm so thankful for them and for your everyone, for you guys as well, Um I am currently living still in the same house that I bought in 2004. uh, uh, Professionally, I work for the state of Tennessee. I'm a judge on the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board. I was an attorney here. Um, I was licensed here in 2003. And then um, I worked at a a private litigation firm. um, And I was there uh, until I was appointed in 2020, uh, 2020. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Auntie. And I've, I've always wanted to ask you, because I never knew this, like, how did you meet my parents? Like, how did you know them? Because I was, you said it was 2003 when you moved here? Yes. So I would have been like five or six years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember before you moved, my parents talking to me and Eli, my brother, and saying, your aunt is going to, she's from Washington and she's about to move and she's going to move into the guest room and she's going to be part of our family now. And at five or six years old, I was like, okay, awesome. That, that, does she, what does she, is she bringing us candy or anything? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I probably
1: had candy. <laughs> but
0: I would love to ask you, this isn't your official question, but like, what was that process like? Um, how did you end up in Tennessee through my parents?
1: So I grew up in Washington State and you know your mom was from Washington and your dad was in Washington mm-hmm. whenever your grandma was there. And so um uh your parents, I believe, well your father and um your uncles were going to be singing at a little small church called Wabash Church in Enum Club where I grew up. And so we didn't go to that church, but some friends were like, hey, some Simone guys are gonna <laughs> come sing at this church. <laughs> So my mom was like, Oh, we need to go. And, um, so meanwhile, at the same time, my cousin, Mike Tuiasosopo played at PLU football. And, um, he was, uh, friends with the the guys as well Mm -hmm. with your dad and uncles. Um, about the same time, I think we all, um, uh, met at that time. And I was, I can't remember, maybe 13, maybe 14. Um, but, uh, that's whenever I first met them. And then, so after that, they would sometimes come over to the house and have dinner, or we would go watch them, um, you know, seeing, and your mother was dating your father okay. and Auntie Kathy was dating uncle, um, Yeti. And so, you know, I was at your mom and dad's wedding and I was at uncle Yeti and Auntie Kathy's wedding. And, um, so yeah, so that's how Wow.
0: (laughs) This is, this is like such a Samoan question, but are we blood related? (laughs) I
1: believe we are. I believe we are distantly, um, your, your grandma and my mom's side. Okay. So yeah.
0: Great. I've, I've never known that either. I've known you for 20 something years and it always felt like blood. So I was just accepted.
1: (laughs) Don't quote me, but I think we are. (laughs) We're going to say we
0: are. (laughs) Um, well again, Nancy, thank you for being here. And, um, I know that you've listened to some of our episodes in the past, and as a first-time guest, I have. Uh, I always prepare three questions for for my first-time guests, and so uh, the third question is the same for everyone, and that question is more about you. And um, but we'll get there when we get there. The first two questions are things that I'm more interested in, and so we're recording this episode on Saturday, May seventh. Tomorrow is Mother's Day. And so this is going to air next week. So Mother's Day will be in the past when people are listening to the, listening to this. But I thought it'd be appropriate for me to ask you a, a question about Mother's Day because you are a mother, a great mother. And um, I just want to ask you, what's your favorite part about being a mom?
1: Hmm. I always hear everyone say that's a good question, but that is a good question. <laughs> Um, you know, I think, uh, you hear parents talk about it all the time, but you know, you, you have love for your spouse, mm-hmm. you have love for your parents, you have love for your siblings, but until you have a child, um, I mean, honestly there it's indescribable. I don't think that there are words to describe the, the love that God gives you for a child mm-hmm. and, um, and just that connection that you have with them, you know, forever, mm-hmm. And so I think the the biggest, the biggest blessing or the, the biggest, I said, my favorite thing is, is the fact that I think I even got to be a mom and, and I love, I learn, you know, I, I'm figuring out every day that I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying my best and God has grace for us. And, um, you know, my daughter, I tell her the same thing, you know, I've never been the mother of an 11 year old, Mm. you know, little girl. And so I'm going to make mistakes And so I'm going to say, I'm sorry, just like, you know, I expect you or I want you to say you're sorry whenever you do things wrong and, and we're going to learn along the way, but I'm going to do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'd say my favorite thing is just having, I guess, just having a daughter and the joy that she brings to me. I mean, it's just, it is, um, there's something about family and about children that just, um, that just fills a part of your heart that I think nothing else can. Mm. And I know some people don't, you know, aren't, um, that, that's not what they desire is, um, you know, maybe to have children in their lives. But for me, yeah. that was always a desire. And, um, and I know that someday she'll go on and, you know, I'm not, I can't make her, you know, my world, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, it's just, it's a learning process. And I I feel like it it makes me a better person by having her, you know, seeing the world through her eyes. Yeah.
0: I remember I've had conversations with my own mom and she always says when, when we're talking about, you know, my childhood and my brother's childhood, she always talks about how fast it went by. And I think about when I was 11 I didn't feel like it was going by fast. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm going to be a kid forever. I want to be an adult. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I want to ask you like now having an 11 year old, has it gone by quickly to you or, or, or do you feel like, uh, this is something this can be over with. You can go do your own thing now.
1: No, it's gone by so quickly and it is true. It's, um, what do they say? The days go by slowly, but the years are fast Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, she is, I feel like it was just yesterday where, you know, she wanted to be around me all the time Mm. and, you know, was asking questions and whatever I said was, you know, from, from my lips to God's you know, whatever. And, um, uh, but, uh, she didn't question anything and now we're kind of in the phase, it's a preteen phase where, you know I'm not as cool as mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I think I am, and uh, you know she's looking um, to other sources outside of me for you know as as influences, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's hard sometimes to separate the. You can still get hurt feelings as a parent. Mm-hmm. You know even if your child unintentionally you know doesn't yeah. mean to hurt your feelings. You know um, because you still want to maintain that that um I guess that role in their life. Um, and you know, that's not, it's going to change. They're going to become more independent. And so yes, the time has flown by. Um, I wish, you know, I wish that I had longer and during those times you're, you're as a parent, it's so busy Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, I can't wait till, you know, I can actually, not have to change a diaper again, yeah. or, you know, this or that. And then all of a sudden it's gone and, mm-hmm. and you, you you wonder where the time went. Yeah. yeah. I
0: wonder, so I'm not a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a father. I hope to be one day. Um, but I think about like, so when you first had Izzy, mm-hmm. she was a hundred percent dependent on you for everything. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she trusted you a hundred percent. Everything you said, um, which is that's how babies are and and young kids are and now she's I'm assuming that um, that's not always the case anymore. She's a little more independent. Correct. She's still she's still depend more dependent than independent. I would think, but um, there's that is changing, and I think that that it's natural that that's going to continue to change. I want to ask you, like as a mother, how do you find the balance between? letting her um figure things out for herself make decisions for herself but also protect her as an 11 year old and try and you know guide her in in a direction that you think is healthy for her how do you find that balance between like um giving her freedom and then giving her structure i guess is is what i'm trying to ask
1: That's a good question as well. Um, I think it's hard. I I don't know that you ever find a balance. I think we, once again, it's, you can maybe overcompensate on one side and then you have to kind of pull back and be like, oh, that was a bit too, you know, overbearing or controlling. And then on the other side, you might err on, oh, I wish I would have set this boundary in place. And unfortunately, or fortunately, um, you know, all our children are unique and, you know, It's another thing when you have a child, you somehow, I don't know why, expect them to be, oh, they're going to be like me. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you have this child that you're like, that is, I have no clue what you're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is, you know, that's not how I would have reacted. And you realize that, okay, this is this entirely different, you know, human being that God has created for, you know, their own purpose. And so, you know, I want, it's that tension between, I want her to be able to stand on her own two feet because right. I'm not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And my job is to prepare her for this world, mm-hmm. right? To be able to enter into this world and to, you know, to have a heart for others, you know what I mean? A heart for God, to to be able to stand up for herself, to be a strong, independent, young, young woman. But um, I will say, especially with, as we talked earlier about technology, you know, uh, with the influences of, just in a world where everything you learn is on the computer. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so she is bombarded with a bunch of different influences. And so as a mom, it's kind of what can I allow her to see at what time Mm -hmm. or what parameters do I set in place? And, um, what discussions do we have? So I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, shielding her in a way that she's going to be unprepared someday when Mm -hmm. she goes out and, you know, it's like just, you know, like what in the heck is is this world? But at the same time, I do want to, you know, there's something about the innocence of childhood that you want to protect and preserve as long as possible. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, I I wasn't going to bring this up, mm -hmm. but, um, and my knowledge of it isn't great, Mm -hmm. but in Florida, Mm -hmm. there's been a story about um, it's being called the "Don't Say Gay" bill, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that it's it's um, supposed to protect younger children, mm-hmm. basically that there are certain conversations that teachers don't need to be having with um, children. Is that is that a good? Synopsis of what what the bill says.
1: Yeah, um, I read it a while ago, and I'm not. I don't. I would have to read it again, um, to be able to probably, you know, I'd say answer the question in a clear, succinct way or be correct. But that's my understanding based upon yeah. um, when I did read it, and um, uh, and I do think I will just say that that is something that's come about since coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what happened is, are a lot of kids were sent home, um, and they were being homeschooled, uh, in Tennessee, there was a difference obviously, because some kids, they had the choice. There's kind of like a hybrid in Williamson County where you could go to school if you wanted to in person, or you could mm-hmm. go home. Um, and so Izzy was home. My daughter was home, you know, so my husband, uh, so I'm a widow for those of you that don't know, my husband, um, went to heaven in 2010. So Izzy was home, um, with me. And as, because of that, I saw everything that she did, Mm -hmm. and so what happened is you had a bunch of parents who maybe would only usually see homework from kids or Mm -hmm. see, you know, if they had a question in math. Now all of a sudden we're hearing what's going on in the classroom, and we're saying, you know, we're we're having to, especially if your child was. is able, didn't need extra help
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: the teachers had to focus so much on the the children that um, maybe didn't have parents at home to help them with certain things Mm -hmm. or, you know, they didn't have the ability or the resources to get that extra help. Um, So we would, you know, the teacher might talk for 20 minutes and then we would come in and, you know, have to go over the Google, whatever, for math or, you know. um, And so I think a lot of parents then became... More aware of what was being taught to to the children. Mm-hmm. Some had issues with it. Some did not. Yeah. For me, with Izzy, I didn't. There was no. There were no problems yeah. that I saw. You know. Uh,
0: well, the reason I wanted to ask you this, because again, I don't know a lot about the bill, but one thing that it did make me think about was just the responsibility of a parent to have those conversations with their kids. And I don't know what kind of questions like. A first second or third grader is asking Um, but I do think that I'm sure that there's kids out there who they don't have parents that they can ask questions about sexuality or gender identity they don't have parents that they can ask those kind of questions about and that's sad to me Um, and I'm just as a mother like I'm sure is has asked you questions about stuff like that how do you how do you gauge like she's ready to hear this much and but still protect her innocence? In in, in th- does that make sense what I'm asking you? Yes, yeah. yes.
1: So I think that the issue that the parents in Florida, to me as a parent, it's it seems to be um, from my reading, I remember this is obviously, um, you know, I tend to, all of the things that we hear, unless you've read the bill or in Florida or from the media one way or another. So they may be, you know, skewed to, you know, be, uh, one way or another, you mm-hmm. know, depending on, um, but as a parent, what I would be concerned about is, is someone else deciding when to tell my child right. what they needed to tell them. Um, you know, especially for something outside of, you know, the curriculum, what school is for. Now, mm-hmm. like you said, there is there on the other side, on the flip side, what about a child that doesn't have someone to speak, you know, speak um about these things or, you know, with and I guess, you know, most Well, you know, I can only speak as a parent of what my daughter was like, and she was not asking questions, you know, as about like, you know, for instance, for example, about gender identity Mm -hmm. or things like that at uh, a young age. Now there are kids I know all the time, there are kids who may, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, which is why I think this is such a, a, um, polarizing and emotional and passionate discussions that you hear because you have um, parents who, who really the ultimate responsibility lies with the parent to take, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to raise their kids. And then you have the, but the school coming alongside who also is with your kids a majority of the day Mm -hmm. and is trying to deal with, they do deal with things outside of, you know, your curriculum. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they have to deal with kids who come from abusive families who may be malnourished, who may be, so, um, I just think you know it is a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. I am personally in my as a mother to my child. Um, I want to be the one though to. I feel like I know her best, mm. and maybe some parents don't know their child best. Yeah. But um, I want to be the one who uh, who gets to decide or knows. You know, um, if she has a question for me. To be able to talk to her about them. And like I said at the beginning, you know, protect her or preserve her innocence, but at the same time, you know, be truthful with her and honest and in a loving way and Mm -hmm. in a compassionate way and in in a way that, um, that I want her to see the world.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's so interesting, the different parts of our lives that the pandemic put a microscope on mm-hmm. because I think education is one of, mm-hmm. definitely one of those things. I have a, one of my best friends from college, he's a teacher. I think he teaches first or second grade mm-hmm. and he basically like, he graduated from school in 20, I think in 2020 mm-hmm. and started teaching in uh, public schools right after that. So he was like in the pandemic. That's when he was starting. And, um, You know, he talks to me about like some of the things that he deals with with seven year olds. And I think just people uh, gained a greater appreciation for what teachers do through the pandemic because everyone's kids got sent home, depending on where you lived. And um, yeah, I think teachers have they have way more um, complex issues that they deal with than I think we used to think.
1: And I do think just like to um, piggyback on that, I know that Jackson was talking to you about a professor, I believe in college mm-hmm. when you were talking about the world and, yeah. and, uh, and I, this is what I think that we need to remember is, you know, our kids, their brains, they're, they're sponges. Mm-hmm. If I told my daughter at five that she's a banana, she's going to say, I'm a banana because my mom says I'm a banana. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, people used to tell her your father's dead and she's like, no, he's alive. He's alive in heaven mm. because I told her he's alive in yeah. heaven. And so what I'm saying is that, you know, there's a big responsibility in what we choose to and how you frame how we use words yeah. with our children. And it's the same even, you know, Josh, it goes all the way up into college. Mm-hmm. You think of what you thought when you were 16, yeah. you go to college, you have a professor you love mm-hmm. and that professor makes you think mm-hmm. and then may frame, maybe may frame discussions in a way that, you know, leads you. That's what I do as an attorney. That's what I do as an attorney. You craft questions in a way that I get the desired response, right? So that's why it's imperative that I tell, and I tell my daughter this, that do the work. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about things, she said, well, so-and-so said this person, you know, this politician is this, or or this politician is that um, after the last election. And, you know, well that person's parodying what their parents said, Mm. you know, unless that person tells you the basis for why they think, you know, as a fourth grader, a third grader, or you can tell me, then don't, don't, don't give me an opinion unless you've done the work.
0: Yeah. That's good. So That's good. Well, thank you for, I didn't know that that question was going to end up there, (laughs) but uh, this is great. And I'm so lucky to be able to talk to someone. Uh, You're probably the only person I know who actually read the bill that we were talking about. (laughs) I feel like everyone and I'm guilty of this as well. Everyone feels like they have to have an opinion on everything mm-hmm. today, and which that's great, I guess. But also, there's a lot of opinions that there's they don't really know what they're talking about. They're just regurgitating mm-hmm. whatever they hear mm-hmm. on the news or from whoever they like to follow on mm-hmm. social media. Or, mm-hmm. But you actually read the bill, so mm-hmm. I trust <laughs> what you have to say. Um, I'll move on to your second question. And uh another hot topic in our country today is uh roe v wade and what's going on in the supreme court and i'm lucky and our listeners are so lucky that we have a judge that we can ask a question about and so you know i'm hearing all of these these uh like i said opinions on twitter and instagram and i don't really watch the news but i um I just want to ask you to explain to me and our listeners your understanding of what happened with the leak um, what did the leak say and if um, Justice Alito is that mm-hmm. his, if his opinion is, if that's what is ruled I guess whenever um, the Supreme Court actually makes their decision what would it actually mean that Roe v Wade um, is overturned. What does that mean for, I guess, the lives of everyday Americans?
1: Okay, so first, like I would say, this is what I would suggest for everyone who either has already stated their opinion or um, you know has an opinion based upon a news article that they've read is read Roe versus Wade, mm. read Casey versus Planned Parenthood, know what the 14th Amendment is, read that if you haven't read that. And then read the, the leak. If you want to know about the leak, it's um, Dobbs versus, um, I think, Mississippi State, I think is what it is. Um, read them. You know, don't. Uh, uh, one of the things that's frustrating to me as an attorney and as a judge um, is to read opinions of uh, a lot of people um, who take a tweet or uh, repost something that someone said about that is not based in any, mm. you know, um, that's not accurate, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and that doesn't, that's not policy. You can agree or disagree. Yeah. That's just jurisprudence, understanding jurisprudence, right? Um, and so uh, the leak, um, obviously I'm not in the Supreme Court, um, but these are, you know, these are some of the greatest minds, no matter what people say. Mm. You know, these are some great legal minds that we have and, and their clerks are as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, you know, if you want to, um, clerk for a Supreme court justice, you usually are the number one, um, you know, law student top of your class at one of the top, you know, five law schools in the mm-hmm. country. I mean, that's just, you're talking a bunch of, um, really smart people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, usually what happens, um, uh, for even for us in my position is you draft, uh, you discuss cases after oral argument um and then you send a draft which is not the final version and um usually th- there's a lot of um uh drafts that can they can be revised mm-hmm. you can send something someone a justice may not like certain language may say you know i you, you need to tweak this or not there's concurrences there's a dissent all this stuff. But, um, I've read, I don't obviously know how the leak occurred. I've read different opinions Mm -hmm. as to some people think that, um, it maybe was some, a conservative Mm -hmm. who wanted to lock in the, you know, the, the justices who were in, in favor potentially of overturning um, Roe v. Wade. And so they would always be known, you know, if they changed their position, they'd always be known as the, the ones that, you know, um, that, um, you know, backed out. And then there are those who say that those on the liberal side did it to kind of cause all this backlash, you know, for overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't know.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, which is why, uh, there's an investigation. And I mean, it is sad. I will say as a, um, as as someone who, who sits on a much smaller, in a, a much smaller, you know, more, um, uh, what I do is it's just workers' compensation, right? So even in that it's for the state of, you know, just workers' compensation. And, um, you know, that would be even having someone read, let's say an internal email to another judge where I'm discussing a case. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're mindful of how we discuss, case, you know, um, um, cases, but it's just, it's almost like a, um, you have a trust. Yeah. There, it's there's a violation. Yeah, a violation yeah. of trust. You have this, there's a when you when you um submit drafts to one another, it's not a finished project. You know, it's not a finished um uh, opinion. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things that you know are gonna be changed and tweaked. It could look totally different, mm-hmm. the final version. So who knows? I mean, you know, I know I don't know what's gonna happen yeah. if if it is going to be overturned, if it's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Uh, but there was definitely, um, someone had a reason, you know, and, and I don't know what side it was or, you know, there's many people who think many different things and, um, but, but it is to me as a judge, it's sad that there was, um,
0: and my understanding is that does not happen. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, uh, what's, what's the word? It's very convenient that it's happening on this particular case. And hopefully the investigation reveals what is where the leak came from. And, um, well, I do want to ask you, and if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to, but let's say that, um, that opinion, the the leak, that's what, uh, that's how the the court ends up ruling. Mm -hmm. What will that mean? What does it mean that Roe v. Wade is being overruled?
1: So, um, that means that it would, the states would then have the ability to determine, like make, you know, laws as they pertain to abortion. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just simplifying it. Like yeah. this isn't like, um, so for instance, uh, you know, California may have, um, different, uh, you know, may say after, I believe California now, um, I I don't know if this is correct or not, but I believe that they allow abortions later Mm -hmm. um, versus maybe a Tennessee where you have, um, you know, it's like, I I don't know, you know, you you just basically you have certain people. It's a heartbeat bill. You know, can you detect, you know, a heartbeat? Then other people say, is that really a heartbeat? You know, Mm -hmm. there's this whole polarization Um, and then, uh, but what it would do is it basically leave it up to the States, which is what it was, um, prior to, uh, Roe v. Wade. So my next question is why now, why
0: is, (laughs) why are they ruling on this now? Like why? Cause it's been what, 50 years or (laughs) so since, um, like why now?
1: So, um, so, which is once again, like in terms of, so Dobbs versus uh, Mississippi State, or is it Mississippi State? Uh, I can't remember, but like I said, um, so because of this case, it, okay. is it, and so um, essentially, you know, there's always been this tension um, uh, because of, if you've read Roe v. Wade, um, um, this tension of viability of a fetus, right? Mm when is, when is life? Right. And, um, and who gets to determine that? Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, it makes me, as I was coming here today, I was wondering if you are going to ask me about this and it, it made me think back. Your mom always used to say to me, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. life and death, like just being mindful of my words. And right. I find it just interesting that now I'm a judge and that's what I do. And even speaking about this, being mindful of, if you look, if you really read Anyone, let's say whether it's CNN, MSNBC, Fox, whatever you do, you know, Mm -hmm. if you, if you look at, um, the Washington post Mm -hmm. or, you know, New York times, it's interesting if you look at the language that is used by any of those, you know, outlets in terms of how they frame, whether it is abortion Mm -hmm. Or any other, you know, contentious matter because the language used usually, um, like I said, it's similar to being an attorney, it leads you to, you know, directs your mind down yeah. a path Now you don't have to go down that path. But for me, I, I am someone who has always been taught that, um, I'm supposed to be open to differences of opinion, mm-hmm. right? So if I can talk to you about something and we can disagree that that's fine. Yeah. That's fine with me. You know, um, that's the way it's supposed to be. We're mm-hmm. not all going to be. We're we're not. Um, you know, uh, a society where everyone's going to think and act the same. But I think when you can uh, pull people into where it's just an emotional um, uh, argument or discussion or debate mm-hmm. that's not based in whether it's factual law mm-hmm. or science or whatever, then that's where you can. Um, You really i think run into a lot of issues but but yeah so that's that's really so the whole and the reason why some will say well abortion is going to be outlawed you know and then others like no it's not going to be outlawed it's just going to be you know it's going to go back to the states Mm -hmm. where it should be is because some states are more conservative you're going to have some states where it's um they may say you know um once we detect or you know once there's a fetal heartbeat you know, there's no abortion. Yeah. And then you're going to have some states where um, they talk about, where they say you can go into the third or second semester or whatever. I mean, I don't know, you know, um, but it's going to be... And and the argument for those who are in favor of overturning it is, well, the people, the local people, you know, within that state, they can, if they are not happy, they can vote those people out. Mm-hmm. And, and the other, you know, on the opposite side, you know, it's now um, become... I think, now remember, this is just my perspective as an individual, yeah. <laughs> um, on the other side, um, you have people who, uh, I think, you know, um, are, you know, you have a lot of, of, women. So this is, I was born, you know, Roe v. Wade has been in his existence since I was born, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, uh, it's one of those where I think a lot of people just thought it would never be overturned and have grown up with it. And so really feel like this, um, this, this, they're, they're scared of it being overturned. Um, you know, my personal opinions are, you know, um, are my personal opinions said everything, but, uh, but I do think, um, it is, it is an interesting, the fact that the leak happened, I mean, the fact that the chief justice said, you know, um, we're going to investigate. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, if I was going to work the next day and I was a justice, I would be side eyeing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. Um, I have one more question yes. about this before yes. we move on. And I, it's really more just about the Supreme Court in mm-hmm. general. I want to ask you why do we have a Supreme Court and what's the value of it? Because, you know, I've been hearing arguments. So my understanding is that six of the nine justices were appointed by Republican presidents. Is am I correct with that?
1: Um, I would have to think. I don't, I don't okay. know. Okay. I mean, well, I think Amy Coney Barrett, Clarence Thomas, Alito um, you know, Kavanaugh, Rehnquist. I th- I think so. I think so. Think so.
0: Um, and w- when you're appointed as a Supreme Court justice, you have that seat for life. Mm-hmm. There's no term limits on it. Right. Um, and I know that this is an argument that I hear from the left. So I don't know if these statistics are true, mm-hmm. but they claim that the, the, the majority of American citizens support Roe v. Wade. Is that not true?
1: I don't think so. I think that I think it's more nuanced than that. Okay. My understanding is now. Once again, I'm sure if someone's listening, you can find a statistic to support whatever you think. Yeah. But my understanding is that the majority of people that there are a majority that support um, abortion with with restrictions within, mm-hmm. like so, in the first term. But they but the majority of people also um, support abortion with restrictions and limitations. Well, so it's the middle of where. You know that the those that are completely pro life and those are that are completely pro choice. Mm-hmm. It's not either of those positions.
0: So, thanks for clarifying. Well, what I want to ask is, like the Supreme Court, it's unique because they're not the people who sit on the court mm-hmm. are not elected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what why do we have a Supreme Court and why do they have seemingly as much so much power to? Um, over something like Roe v. Wade or or whatever that they're making decisions on?
1: That's a a very... So, you know, so we have the legislative, the judicial, and the executive branch, right? Right. So each were, you know, each have certain responsibilities and certain powers that Mm -hmm. are... um, So the judicial branch, so the Supreme Court, obviously, is the law of the land. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to, if you go to state court, if you're, you know, I mean, if you're looking at federal court and then you go to an appellate, Anyways, rather than going into all of that, um, uh, their job, the the issue with Roe v. Wade, um, stems from once again, like the 14th amendment, right? Mm -hmm. So we're looking at, um, so it's whether or not there's a constitutional right. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. do you have, um, uh, does a, does an individual have a right to an abortion? Is mm-hmm. that found in the, you know, the constitution? Right. I'm, I'm very, I'm simplifying this. Yeah. Um, but why is, you know, the reason why is because we have a legislature, it's my personal opinion too. legislature that, um, is tasked with writing laws. Right. right? And so, um, as we even know in the state of Tennessee, I mean, there is always, I mean, think of the Bible. Okay. Let's just think of the Bible. There's always an interpretation of, well, within the context of this, is that what, you know, was really meant or not? And all of the arguments that people have as to the meaning of something, right? Well, it's the same with statutes, with Mm -hmm. laws. And so there has to be a person or, you know, a body that is able, just like what I do in my capacity, that is able to look at the statute, look at the law. If it's ambiguous, look at the legislative intent Mm -hmm. of certain things, et cetera. And make a decision as to whenever people are arguing, especially in this instance, when you have what happens is usually there's, let's say in the state of Tennessee, they're doing one thing. Mm -hmm. And then in Washington, they're doing a different thing. And then Oregon, they're doing one thing and, um, or Oregon, they're doing one thing. And um, uh, so for me, i just, you know, the judicial branch is, is a very important um, uh, part of, of, I think, are, uh, of, of what, what is needed in the United States. I mean, I mean, you have, you have the executive, you have your president, you have people that are elected Mm -hmm. by, um, citizens of the United States, and then you have the Supreme court that is nominated. And now Mm -hmm. mind you, there are Republicans who have nominated the, you know, now six, but it's, it's primarily been, I mean, before this, it was the reverse. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, there's ebbs and flows, right?
0: So I think I know the answer to this question, but yes. I still want to ask you. And I think a lot of people are wondering this. Mm-hmm. Why are the Supreme Court justices not elected with as much power as they mm-hmm. have? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't every American get a voice? in? why don't we get to vote on who who gets to sit?
1: I have a question for you. Uh-huh. How many of the judges do you know that you vote for in Williamson County? None. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to say that in a rude yeah. way. I'm just saying that most people, when you have which trial court judge, you know, there are certain judges that are elected uh-huh. and most people don't go, once again, I can guarantee you that probably at least half of your listening audience has not read Roy's or this, this whole leak, which is, you know, 60 pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, you know, if I ask them, what's the 14th amendment, I don't know mm-hmm. how many people would be able to say. So we're able to, we live in a society where I think people are, are talk about things that they have limited knowledge of. Mm. Not that they can't have an opinion. Yeah. yeah. But so going back to your question, um, to me, I would not want elected Supreme Court justices. Mm. I think the separation of political influence from, you know, a lifetime appointment, it also insulates them from outward, um, like, you know, pressure, right? right? So once they're elected, they have the luxury. They don't have
0: to worry about losing their spot. Yeah.
1: They're not going to, someone can't say to them, well, you know, we, we paid this much for your election Mm -hmm. campaign to get you, you know, elected, or you know, were going to be influenced by, you know, A, B, C, and D. I mean, to me, I understand that it's a huge responsibility, which Mm -hmm. is why you know, the president has the ability to, uh, to nominate. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, um, I mean, they still have to be confirmed mm-hmm. through the Senate. Uh, there's a very vigorous vetting process. Um, you know, like I said, we, we see the hearings, but they also meet with them, you yeah. know, behind closed doors. It's not, I, like I said, in my opinion, that's more grandstanding that the, the mm-hmm. publicized portion of it, yeah. um, or, you know, um, But uh, I I think it's important, and I would, I would not want to have elected Mm. justices at the Supreme Court.
0: Thanks for answering. That's my personal (laughs) opinion. Well, thank you for having that conversation with me and. I guess we'll move on. Those are your first two questions. How was it? Was it hard?
1: Yeah. Uh, this is, if anything's wrong, right? It's Josh Katina. You know,
0: I don't normally, you should, I don't normally ask this hard hitting of questions for people, but I don't uh, alf- always have guests that I, I know are so knowledgeable about something. So I had to take advantage of it. And this third question, Auntie, it's super open-ended and you can answer this however you want to. So whatever you want to talk about, we're going to talk about for the next Mm -hmm. 20 ish minutes or whatever. But, um, it's what, it's the heart of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, and the question is this, what's going on at home?
1: That's a good question. Again, I feel like I've said that (laughs) the whole podcast. Um, uh, a lot. I feel like, you know, it's interesting. You you know, each season of life, I think that we're always like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And then you just hit the next season and you're like, I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, I don't know if that ever goes away, um, but, you know, Izzy, my daughter's going, uh, finishing up elementary school, is going to be middle school next year. So there's this whole season of, of life. Uh, you know, um, my mother is with us part of the time during the year and she is, um, so my mom has dementia. And so that's something with, um, you know, it's it's a season that i as you're growing up, I think, you know, you go from being invincible as a child, you know, you're fearless and then you kind of hit your twenties and then your thirties. And then all of a sudden, you know, later on, I feel like you kind of come into a season where as your parents get older, it's a, it's a different, it's a challenging season and it's not challenging in a bad way because it's, 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 it's awesome to be able to honor and love your parents and to like, I feel like care for them in the way that they cared for you, but it's, it's very hard because it's your heart. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's just hard, you know? And so I feel like it's a, and then work, you know, um, one of our, uh, judges retired. So we're in the process of, um, getting another judge. There's three of us. So getting another judge and, um, uh, I just feel like it's, it's sometimes, you know, um, It's, I've been blessed. I'm so thankful for all the things that I have. But I also know that sometimes it's, you know, life is passing by so quickly. Mm -hmm. And I don't, many times I don't know if I'm doing what I need to be doing. Right. And not in terms of vocation, but, you know, what am I called to do as a child of God? And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that to be overly religious. I'm literally saying, the older you get, you start thinking, ooh, the clock's ticking. (laughs) You know?
0: So... Uh, You have three generations living under the same roof at your house. Yes, I do. I think that's something that, I guess it's depending on your culture Mm -hmm. and just your situation. Not everyone gets to experience that, what Mm -hmm. what it's like to have Mm -hmm. a grandmother, a mother, and a granddaughter Mm -hmm. all under the same roof. Mm -hmm. What's that like? What's the dynamic like between the three of you?
1: Well, I think it's, I mean, it's great for the most part. I mean, so when I say my mom has dementia, she has actually, so she has Alzheimer's. She was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So just recently. And so, um, you know, that is challenging because it has, uh, you know, there are things that, so for instance, an example would be, you know, so now I'm making the meals, let's say for us, or, or she may forget where she, you know she's, she sees something that is important to her. So instead of putting it where she can find it, she may hide it. Mm. So then, you know, I'm looking for those things. Um, but she reverts back to always. Now It always goes back to Samoa, which mm. is interesting is, you know, um, like all her stories are of Samo- Samoa, um, all her stories of, of her, of her, of her family growing up, mm. And then there's Izzy, who's 11, who is, like, she'll do ukulele with my mom, or they'll do sweepy, or they'll sing Samoan songs. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, um, it's a great dynamic, but it's also, at times, like, I throw, I I understand how blessed I am, but I'm going to be dead honest, I also throw myself pity parties. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why? <laughs>
0: what about what? <laughs> that is funny. Uh,
1: it's whenever, you know, it's it's like so it's just things that sometimes, you know, it's uh, and this is something where when you have a kid, you'll understand like you could you could prepare, let's say it's Easter Sunday and you have your kids clothes put out and you know what you're making for breakfast and everyone you're like, we're going to leave the house by seven in the morning. Right. And. And then everything, you know, someone pees the bed. So that's not what's happening here, but you know, like something happens and, and then all of a sudden, you know, someone doesn't want to wear that outfit and you know, you're heading to church at eight and the service started at 745, you know, and I mean, I'm just saying it's life through, you know, you do your best. What I've, I've discovered, this would be my advice, um, is you can prepare for everything in life. I mean, you can prepare, be the most prepared you'd ever been like, and think that this is what God has for you, what you planned, what you studied so hard for what you worked so hard for and life will throw a wrench at you, you know, and it just, you you can't, I mean, like, you know, it doesn't matter. You do your best, but, um, life happens and, um, you know, you just got to pick yourself up. And you just move on and you count your blessings. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's at the end of the day, I I think, you know, um, I'm thankful that my mom gets to stay with me. I'm thankful I have a job where I can spend time with her. And I'm thankful that my daughter loves me and talks to me about things and that, you know, we may have an imperfect relationship and that I have sisters that help take care of my brother-in-laws, you know, and, um, uh, I just think of all these things, and it's reminding yourself that the older I get when it talks about um, run your ways with perseverance. Yeah. That's just literally what I think. And the older I get, also, I realize the less I know. Mm. So, I, I think I would sense. agree with yes, you on yes, that. Yes, I think
0: so. there's something so beautiful to me about how at one point your mother was taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And now those roles are reversed. Mm-hmm. And not only are those roles reversed, but your daughter is getting to see that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a beautiful thing mm-hmm. that um, I have to think that God intended mm-hmm. for it to be that way. And I think that that when I think about um, having kids myself, that's one of the things that I think about is... Who's going to take care of me when I can't take care of myself anymore? And hopefully it's my kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's such a blessing for your daughter to mm-hmm. be able to see that. And and just to have a grandparent in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love my grandparents and my relationship with them is, is very special to me. But I didn't grow up around my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And... I often find myself jealous of people who did. My wife has a great relationship with her grandparents and we got to, we spend holidays with them. We spent last Christmas there, um, with, uh, at her grandparents' house and you know, her relationship with her grand, her grandmother is so different than mine. Mm -hmm. And, but it's just because she grew up around Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm happy and I love it for Izzy that she gets to grow up, be around her grandmother.
1: I will say one thing too is it also gives you an opportunity. I feel like God gave me another chance to um, be the daughter that I would have wanted to be whenever yeah. I was a bratty teen, right? You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a, a, an opportunity for me. Like you said, not only to show Izzy, but but also to just like I love my mom. Like mm-hmm. you know, you you love your parents. Right. You just do. You you love them so much, and it's like, um, and I want. I want her to know that and I want, and no matter, um, you know, no matter what season of life, it's like you said, I mean, my sisters are exact same. We're all, we all agree that, you know, whenever she was diagnosed and even before she had a stroke, we were all like, we're going to take care of her, whatever. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're, you know, if it's whatever our job is to make sure that our mom's happy and taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so.
0: Yeah. I recently, so. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but uh, maybe I think it's been two months now. My grandmother on my mom's side went to heaven and uh, she went to heaven after a long health battle that um, it was hard. And I I got to witness, you know, my mom and her brothers kind of go through what you and your sisters are is just figuring out, you know, whose responsibility is this Mm -hmm. and how are we going to take care of mom? And I think, you know, it definitely was challenging. And I don't know all the ins and outs, um, of how they address it, but I know that they took care of their mother. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think that it's not something we like to think about, obviously. And, um, but it is something that, you know, every family is going to have to go through eventually. And I want to ask, like with your sisters, like you don't have to give me all the details, but like, what are those conversations like when you guys are making decisions about how are you are going to take care of your mom?
1: So I would say they're hard Yeah. Um, and we love each other and we've come. It was harder at the beginning because I think each of us had a very, you know, we're very um, opinionated. Yeah. I think we all have strong personality daughters. I'm the youngest of three and we all can, you know, we have one who's a nurse. So she has come from a medical perspective. One's the oldest mm-hmm. who's very, um, a type personality, very structured, oldest. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> very structured yeah. and, you know, um, needs assigned tasks for everyone. And then me and, um, who, and so I think that we all agreed. We all love her equally. And we, but we had some, some, I'd say arguments or disagreements because we were not communicating, I think in a way that, um, we, we tried, but I think there was so much emotion involved and we were just, you know, thinking that, um, we're trying to say one thing and it, even if it was in agreement with another person, it wasn't coming across that way. Yeah. And so then at the end of the day, I think we learned how to be like, to step back and say, okay, we all, we may have different ways that we think that this will, um, you know, that needs to be handled, but let's talk. And then let's all agree that, you know, if it's not the way that I wanted, so be it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not the, that we just, we were wanting as a collective to take care of her. And, um, and I think though the discussions, when you talk about things like you, you don't, it's harder when your parent has dementia, that's not Mm -hmm. the time to talk about a power of attorney right with them or healthcare or, you know, uh, or, you know, um, do you, you know, um, in terms of, uh, you know, do they want to have life support or not? Mm -hmm. You know, all these different things. Those are things that, because when they're older, a lot of times it's a really hard discussion because first off they may not understand or they may think that you think that they're going to die, you know, mm-hmm. when that's not, but, but the hospital is saying, Hey, we need this. You know, yeah. we need, someone's going to have to, like, for instance, is going to, you know, they told us, which is the person that is going to make the ultimate decision for her mm-hmm. in line with what she wants. And we had to have the discussion and, you know, and that means if I'm flying from Tennessee, you know, to Washington state and so you know, am I, you know, those are hard to yeah. okay with that. So I would say, you know, it's better for me, I guess, as a parent now, I'm in a position to whereas I want to make sure that all that's taken care of so that my daughter mm. doesn't have to make those decisions. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to make the decision, some of them, mm-hmm. but I think so like in that instance, it is that the time is like now, it, you know, in your If you're in your forties, if you're in your, you know, if you're in your thirties and you have kids, if you're in your fifties, um, you know, that's the time to make sure you have things in order just so that, um, so that if anything happens, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom woke up one morning and she'd had a stroke. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just couldn't read the paper Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and she went to the hospital, and thank God she 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 has cognitive disabilities in terms of dementia, memory, yeah. but um, you know, physically she was fine. But I mean, that's that could happen, you know, any night yeah. too, with anyone. Yeah. So,
0: um, I have one more question for yeah. you today, Auntie. Um, you know, one day Izzy's going to be your age, mm-hmm. and she's going to remember the time that she was living, grandma was living at mm-hmm. the house. And mm-hmm. she'll be telling people about what that was like. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your hope? that? How do you hope that Izzy remembers this season of her life years from now?
1: Huh. Huh. I hope that she would see that, I mean, although we, you know, we're not a perfect family, that we love each other and that, that we had a home of, you know, grace and forgiveness Mm -hmm. and unconditional love and that, um, you know, and loyalty, you know, a, a big thing for me is, is, you know, I know right from wrong, but I'm also, you know, I'm very loyalty It's just part of, you know, a culture and family too. That doesn't mean that you don't have consequences for things, but, um, you know, um, uh, and just honoring, you know, those who have come like before us. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that I'm part Samoan because, you know, that's one of the things that I think we do really well is that you can kind of lose sight of, and, mm-hmm. you know, living here is that, you know, you honor your elders right. and, um, And that's something that I think that you guys were always taught. I mean, like I've never known you to not be respectful. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. I'm not just saying that for your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I just think, and it doesn't mean that you won't disagree with someone, but you can disagree in a manner that is respectful. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just think that for Izzy, that's what I would want is for her to know that, you know, and, and ultimately I'm going to tell you, it's like every day I strive, I, every day I fail. But every day I try Mm -hmm. and, you know, and it makes me sad because it's like I try and, um, you know, um, I know I just want her to know that, you know, that she's loved Mm -hmm. and that, you know, mom, my mom is loved and, you know, all... I want her to live a life, I guess. And this is now kind of evolved into what I want for her. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to live a life and you, like, I think that's my, my big thing for, for kids or, or young adults nowadays is, it's like, don't lose sight of like the wonder, mm-hmm. you know, of like, um, of don't let the the struggles of life or the obstacles of life, like take away, you know, Like the the wonder in your eyes Mm -hmm. and the things that you, that you see out there that are, um, that make, that are different, you know, that are are neat. And that's why I'm going to say, as we end, that's one of the things that even though I don't know a lot about artificial intelligence, (laughs) I love listening to you (laughs) because you're like, I'm very, you know, you're passionate about something. And it's like, that goes again to the wonder Mm -hmm. of the wonder of this world you said sorry excuse me the mystery mm-hmm. right you're like i don't think people know about really understand the mystery and it and it is it's an amazing we you know life life is meant to i think to be a little passionately not perfectly
2: mm-hmm.
1: right you're going to make mistakes yeah. you're going to you're going to have to say sorry to people thank god who i am now is not who i was in my 20s but also thank god for my 20s cuz i wasn't you know i wasn't perfect but i was you know, okay mm-hmm. and it helped you know if it was not for for what I went through or the choices I made then I wouldn't be where I am now Yeah.
0: well auntie thank you when you're talking about you know the wonder of life uh, at the risk of sounding corny I want to say that I think one of life's greatest wonders is the love of a mother for mm-hmm. her children and I see that in you and I know how much you love your daughter mm-hmm. and you love your mother mm-hmm. and I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day and thank you for being and here. here. Thank you, Josh. Such thank an you for honor. Having me.
1: Thank you for having me. Yes, of
0: course. Yes. I hope <laughs> hope you will come back. I hope it wasn't too bad.
1: I hope you don't get a lot of complaints. <laughs> no. She was wrong.
0: People are going to say, we need her back. But, <laughs> right. uh Thanks again, Auntie. Okay. To thank those you, of God. you listening, I hope you tell your mom you love her today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.